What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Angle of Pursuit podcast, your fantasy football, sports betting, and NASCAR home over at fakepigskin.com. I am your host, Kyle Robert. You follow me on Twitter at NotoriousKRO. With me, as always, is Brian Twining. And Brian, we're actually going to talk some fantasy football today. I know uh, it's something that is seemingly disappeared from this show from the past couple weeks, (laughs) but, uh, you know, NASCAR has garnered some of our attention as of late. And, uh, you know, with football kind of in a a dead period, as much as we love it, and, you know, as much as we're uh, prepping for the upcoming season. We, uh, we've we been kind of shifting our focus a little bit, but uh, today we're getting back to our bread and butter and we're talking some fantasy football. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's really exciting to kind of start to dive a little bit deeper into these teams for the upcoming season. You know, the last time we were talking, it was more so like post-draft, like just kind of what we think is going to happen. And now we're starting to see rumblings coming out from coaching staffs and beat reporters. So we're, we're starting to get into the meat of preseason fantasy information. Yeah. Yeah. And despite like everything kind of being shut down and there not being a lot of uh, practices and, you know, people reporting to team, um, you know, team facilities and that kind of stuff, there is still some interesting stuff coming out. But before we dive into any of that, we're going to talk some Dalvin Cook. We're going to talk some Tampa Bay Bucks. We're going to talk some Chris Godwin, see how we uh, feel about the shift they may be making. But uh, Fake Pigskin lost uh, Dave Journey, um, Road, Road Warrior D on Twitter. Um, it's been really cool to see a lot of people um, – kind of post messages about him. Unfortunately, he did pass away. Um, and, and Jared over at, uh, on the main fig pigskin account did put something out. And, uh, you know, we're still, we don't really know a lot right now. We don't know. Uh, our goal is to do some sort of uh, show for him. We're going to try and, and do something in his honor. But uh, we just, so I just wanted to mention that, that that happened in case you missed it. And, uh, you know, he was, he was on our draft show. Uh, Dave was incredible. He was super uh, encouraging, always promoting other people's work and uh, always being super helpful whenever he could. So uh, it was definitely a big blow to uh, the dynasty community, to fake pigskin and, and the football fantasy football world as a whole. So I uh, just want to say we're going to miss you, Dave. And uh, on and uh, we're going to do what Dave would want us to do is move forward, move on and, and talk some fantasy. Um, and we're going to go to Minnesota because uh, – Dalvin Cook uh, is holding out. He wants a contract. Um, Alexander Madison is still there, and the Dynasty mute community is uh, going wild. Uh, people think Dalvin Cook, um, you know, Alexander Madison's now uh, fifth round. I saw, I saw he's, he went in the fifth round of a startup uh, Dynasty draft, which is like I get that's insane. Like I get Alexander Madison <laughs> is awesome. I'm a huge fan. Um, and I get that running back windows close a lot faster than anybody wants to admit. Uh, but once again, the fantasy community is, is overreacting and taking something that like, if we were talking about this in July or August, even like, I would be like, Oh, okay. Like I have a lot more pessimism, but here in, in early June, when we're talking about, you know, Team facilities aren't even open. We're not sure what the off-season programs are going to look like when training camp may or happen, or even if it does. But Brian, I guess for for you, when you see the Dalvin Cook news, when you see the way people are reacting to the news as if it's like earth-shattering, where where is your head at? 
man, you know, if I'm an Alexander Madison owner right now, especially in Dynasty, I am trying to flip him to any and all takers because, like you just said, a fifth round draft price and a Dynasty startup, like that to me is is asinine for a guy who, you know, he, he's he's not going to see the field more than you know, a third of the time with Dalvin Cook there. And like you said, we're in the middle of June. Dalvin Cook came out and said he's going to hold out until he gets a contract, but they haven't even reported for, you know, voluntary minicamp. And that's all going to be Zoom meetings anyways. And, you know, he he kind of probably knows that he's not going to get the kind of stuff that Ezekiel Elliott got. He's not in that, 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 like tier quite yet, just an on-field performance. So I don't think we're going to be looking at a prolonged holdout all the way up into the regular season for him. So the people jumping at the gun to draft Madison that early, I think are crazy. And if I, like I said, if I have Madison, I'm looking to flip him right now for as much as possible. Yep. If people are really willing to pay that kind of price, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. Um, Looking at his numbers, like he had, uh, four games where he carried the ball double-digit times, and in that game, he averaged 2.5 yards a carry. Like, there's a lot to be excited about Madison. I think he's going to be a guy that, like, I was trying to acquire last year because I think he has the potential to take over the lead back role. But I do like Dalvin Cook has no no room to stand on. Like, this is a team that can can move on to Madison if he's like, yeah, I want this, and that, and no, yep. nobody, you know, you don't want to pay me. That's fine. Um, and, and maybe there, maybe that happens. Maybe, maybe the Vikings go, we move digs. We'll happily move Dalvin, uh, you know, and we'll keep acquiring pieces and, and rebuild the team. And if that happens, then sure. I'll, we'll have eggs on our face. But at this point, I just don't see that happening. Like, I don't see a team, you know, like Ezekiel Elliott situation in Dallas, I think it was very different. I think he was really important to what they do. I think Jerry yep. Jones is a lot more inclined to paying, guys like Ezekiel Elliott, big money, where there's a lot of teams in the NFL just aren't going to pay their running backs that much. They're learning. They're realizing these guys have shorter shelf lives and they can churn through them. And there's there's a reason why the teams like the Niners would rather have three or four or five of these guys on their roster than have one guy who makes that much money, even when they're as talented as Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I mean, it's just a situation that's unlike anything that we've seen in Dallas or – even Tennessee looking to kind of, you know, lock up Derrick Henry. I mean, for what mm-hmm. Tennessee does, Derrick Henry is very vital to their offensive game plan. Not saying that Dalvin Cook isn't important to what Minnesota likes to do, but we saw Alexander Madison step in at times and look, you know, not quite the guy, the player that Cook is, but he fulfills the role perfectly fine. So Cook is kind of, you know, stepping in quicksand here if he thinks that he's going to get, you know, huge money and i think he'll come to the realization the closer we get to the season that he's got to get on the field if he wants to sign for a big deal yeah well and also dalvin hasn't played 16 games in his career he's been in the league three years he's dealt with injuries played four games as his, his uh, rookie season he played uh, 11 games his sophomore season and only played 14 last year so i i i, I yeah i i mean if it's like i said if it's late july if it's early august and he's still holding out and still holding out hope that he's going to get paid, then maybe we'll look foolish. But at this point, I, I just don't see that. But uh, let's move on. Let's talk some other stuff. Cause there's 
an interesting trend that seems to be developing this offseason. I think it's going to make things really interesting for fantasy. Uh, and that's NFL teams using more 12 personnel. We have four teams we're going to talk about today. Um, and, and we're going to start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Brian. Uh, obviously garnering a lot of attention with Tom Brady there and Rob Gronkowski there. And, um, you know, people still holding out hope that OJ Howard can be a thing. And <laughs> you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and there's so much fantasy relevance. Um, I guess let's start with the tight end position. It, is OJ Howard still have potential? And, and in a world where they're using two tight ends, when you have Gronkowski as the other option, like, is there going to be reliability and and be are you going to be able to trust OJ Howard on a week to week basis, or is he more of a a guy for dynasty that you know we're? But I mean, even at that point, like, how long has he been in the league? I don't know. Where, where's your head at with with the tight ends and and OJ Howard specifically? Uh, I've long been an OJ Howard apology person, so I'm, I'm going to stick with him. Um, I do think that Tampa is one of those teams, though, that, that I think the reasoning why they're going to this kind of offensive set is more so to protect Tom Brady and less to kind of utilize the athleticism that they have yeah. at the tight end position. You know, I think we're going to see a lot more like Max Protect with Brady in the backfield and, you know, with either Gronk or OJ Howard going out on routes. I think we see a lot more Cameron Brate than we're expecting, probably because he is a better blocker than, mm -hmm. than Howard is. Yeah. So, you know, I think Howard is kind of a wait and see kind of guy. I I don't really see the Gronk coming in and making as big of an impact as what people are saying. I think he has the yeah. possibility of finishing top twelve just with his you know his skill set down in the red zone and and in the end zone. But I I really don't think we're going to see the tight ends used in Tampa the same way that we did that we saw Brady use them in in New England. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think Gronk's a really good blocker, so that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I guess the biggest impact of Bruce Arians coming out and basically saying that this is going to be like their main offense, they're going to use, you know, obviously run different formations, is the evolution of Chris Godwin. And, you know, there was a lot of optimism, and we talked with Michael Florio about why, or maybe it was small, I don't I'm trying to remember. Uh, about why Godwin is getting so much more buzz and so much more hype. And, you know, there was a lot of talk of, well, he plays in the slot. And there's, you know, Tom Brady slot receivers have had so much more success. And, uh, you know, Godwin was a guy that played 24% in the slot in 2018, played over 50% in 2019. And that was a big part of his breakout last year. So obviously with 12 personnel, we're going to see more Chris Godwin on the outside. Now, I'm not saying Chris Godwin is terrible. I'm not saying he can't succeed because I think he's a phenomenal football player who has the skills to, to you know, really perform at that. And, and um, as a matter of fact, we'll have Matt Harmon on the show in a couple weeks. Um, so I'll, I'll, I want to particularly ask him about, you know, kind of that potential. But, Brian, I guess for you, uh, you know, maybe we – make Mike Evans and Chris Godwin a little more even with the evolution of the offense, or do you still think there's enough slot work and other stuff that Chris Godwin is still a guy that you want over Mike Evans? You know, it's uh, man, this, this is a really tough situation Me in Tampa when you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, just because, you know, you would expect a guy like Godwin to come in and be the Julian Edelman style player for Tom Brady, but with them transitioning into this kind of offense, 
I think the upper hand goes to Mike Evans and him being that tall wide receiver on the outside that Brady can just kind of, you know, throw it up to him. I mean, and like you said, that's no knock on Chris Godwin's ability to get open, create space. But I just think that Mike Evans is being discounted too much with people kind of, you know, expecting Tom Brady to take another step back in arm strength and his inability to get the ball down the field as much. And last year's him being like in the bottom, the bottom five in the NFL and yards per attempt. Um, I, I don't know. I'm a lot higher on Mike Evans than I think other people are. And I, I think he could have a very similar season as he did last year. Yeah. When I have two receivers this close and, and, and in terms of like where I'm at mentally with both of them and, there's a, a, a round or two round difference on price tag. Like I'm going to go with the cheaper option every time. And, and nine times out of 10, it's either going to be pretty even, or I'm actually going to come out ahead. So I'm, I'm happy to take Evans on the discount and, and kind of see where the chips lay. Uh, but yeah, I'm hundred percent with you. Uh, we're going to talk three more teams, but Brian, before I, I dive into that, uh, what is your thought kind of in general with teams making the shift? Like, in terms of fantasy tight ends, in terms of guys who may be drafting, like is there going to be potentially more streaming options? Is the position going to be more frustrating? Uh, <laughs> you know, yes to both. Like, what do you think? I, you know, it's one of those things. The tight end position has long been like the 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 worst position in fantasy football because it was so difficult to find guys that could produce week in and week out. And I've kind of equated it to catcher in fantasy baseball, where unless you have those top two, top three guys, you're better off just continuously streaming guys and trying to pick matchups. But I think it's going to make it even more difficult now that teams are kind of transitioning to more two tight ends. They're implementing, you know, a kind of flow of tight ends. They're not using one guy that it's going to be even harder to find value after those top tier dudes of Kelsey Ertz, even Goddard now, Kittle, like after those guys, like we're going to see, you know, 20 tight ends that could potentially produce week in and week out. Yeah, no, I think, I think on a week to week basis, like unless you have Kittle or Kelsey and, and like you mentioned, Ertz is probably still in the conversation. Maybe Hayden Hurst. <laughs> see, I, I like him too, but like, if if Hayden Hurst's va- uh, draft price goes up to where he's like a fifth or sixth rounder, yeah. I- I'm going to be out, and I'm just going to go to the next guy and, and be happy with it. Uh, yeah. Let's talk Seattle because I think it's really interesting uh, kind of what their potential is. Obviously, uh, they brought in Greg Olson this offseason. They have Will Disley, a guy that you know we talked about early in the year. Uh, it had a three beautiful three-game stretch where he cut – Five, five for 50, six for 62, seven for 57, two touchdowns, one touchdown, one touchdown, uh, you know, eight targets, seven targets, five targets, had a nice run, got even like the next game had four, four targets, 81 yards, then got injured against Cleveland and basically went away for the rest of the year. Um, we saw Jacob Hollister have, have an impact, uh, they have Greg Olson. They they seemingly have three guys that they can run some really versatile stuff. Like Hollister can line up as a fullback. They can do some blocking. Um, while this may be good for Seattle as a football team, I think trying to own any of these guys in fantasy is going to be a head scratcher. Yeah, no, I want no part of that 
tight end room. Uh, you know, this is this is turning into DK and Lockett on the outside and the running game for Seattle. Like yeah. Russell Wilson is going to look to push the ball down the field off of the running game, and we're going to see a spattering of tight ends, whether it be Olsen, whether it be Halls, or whether it be Disley. I don't think we're going to have a consistent produce producer from that position that is going to make me want to want to take any of them. Now, if you're in a tight end premium league, you know, and you're looking to kind of stockpile two or three other guys after your starter, I mean, I would, I think Disley is is a great option because Greg Olson, you know, he's he's older, he's not fleet of foot anymore, he's had a few injuries over these last few years. So because if he goes down again and Disley's healthy. We like you said, we saw him produce pretty close to tight end one number. So yeah, yeah. I no, think I think old guy. I think Disley's somebody that like I would potentially draft as my tight end, and kind of see how it goes, and be ready to drop him as soon as I needed to. Whether that's <laughs> after you know the first couple of weeks, if I realize that he's not going to be as involved as much as I thought, or yeah. you know it's going to be it's going to be more of a okay now your turn now your turn now your turn you know rotation. Um, I, I do think in terms of fantasy potential and like upside, he has the most potential. I think Greg Olson, like Gronkowski could be a huge touchdown guy or do almost nothing. Um, and I think Hollister is a super versatile weapon that could be deployed a bunch of ways, but I don't think is necessarily viable for, for fantasy leagues. Uh, right. Let's stay in the division and let's talk about the LA Rams. Cause I think they are going to be uh, in terms of tight ends. One of the most interesting teams, um, you know, Tyler Higby, uh, speaking of runs, ha- had an, an amazing run um, to the to end the season. Uh, seven catches, seven catches, 12, nine and eight catches, uh, you know, 100 yards in four of the five, 84 yards in the other game. Uh, big play weapon, has a lot of potential. Um, you know, he signed a, a deal last year, four years, 29 million. Uh, Gerald Everett is the other tight end that we're going to be talking about, you know, is going to be in play is, you know, Sean McVay came out and said, you know, Everett wasn't as, as productive as they'd hoped, but he thinks he can, he, he needs a scheme better. Um, obviously Brandon cooks is gone. Obviously, uh, you know, jo- Josh Reynolds, Van Jefferson could be interesting, but with Robert Woods, with Cooper cup and the two tight ends, I think that's going to be a lot of what we see. Um, I guess just, like, do you think both of these guys are going to be viable or are you just going one or the other? Or well, where's your head at with this uh, tight end crew? Yeah, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. I, I really like both of them. I love Everett's, you know, athletic ability on the outside that him kind of take over those those slot, you know, reps. It, even with Cooper Cup in there in the slot, I like them to run a lot of two wide set with Cup, Robert Woods, and then Higby and Gerald Everett on the field because they both create mismatches at the linebacker and safety position. And, you know, all of us are kind of excited about Van Jefferson. Uh, I think he can make a huge impact next year. I think he'll be probably one of those guys in dynasty that I'm holding and I'm trying to acquire right now, but I think they're going to stick with those two tight ends. They're going to be running that a lot. And both of them could, could potentially wind up as top 12 options. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think it'll be interesting. Like they could, they could run one of the tight ends as basically the the outside receiver and let Cup come more of in the slot and like yeah. let that could be McVeigh. I'm sure he's been you know he's been sitting in his office in quarantine just drawing shit up, getting ready for uh, another season. I think uh, we see yeah. one of them line up as like an H back, like mm-hmm. a, a oh, throwback totally. to to Chris Cooley in Washington. Yeah, like he's or like, like uh, or like 
Delaney Walker when he was in San Francisco. Uh, yep. They found unique ways to play him. So, yeah, I think I'm definitely on board with that. Uh, let's talk about the last team. And uh, I'll let you just, just go because uh, we, we were talking about this a couple, probably a couple months ago uh, about the Green Bay Packers, about using tight ends, which we have something we haven't seen them do. Uh, but it sounds like they're going to employ more 12, tie, or 12 personnel, two tight ends. And the Jace Sternberger hype train is going down the track. People are getting excited about him. Uh, so talk to me about him and, and what we can reasonably expect because, um, you know, he could be a guy that after the first month of the season, we're saying this might be a top 12-ish option the rest of the way. Yeah, you know, it's about damn time that the Packers, especially with them wanting to run the ball as much as they do now, um, that they're going to kind of go to that two tight end set, but they have a guy finally who can be a mismatch in that second level against linebackers and Jay Sternberger. I mean, he's a yeah. big dude. He's six, four. Um, there was a lot of hype with him coming out of college until he got injured. So he missed, you know, pretty much the first half of the season before they even thought about activating him. Um, like you said, we haven't seen them produce a fantasy relevant tight end since Jermichael Finley, Aaron Rodgers seems to absolutely hate tight ends, but other other than Devontae Adams, I mean, Alan Lazard was their second best receiver, and he was a no-name pretty much entering last year as well. So it, they need receiving options, and I, I think Jay Sternberger makes that big step as somebody that I'm going to be targeting as the last person to take a tight end, as long as his price doesn't continue to, to creep up with the kind of rumblings of them getting him more involved. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Like, if you want to take him as your last option and be ready to pivot, I think that makes a ton of sense. I I, I like Lazard more than most, I think, uh, but think there's think there's a good chance that uh, this offense could be interesting. And I I'm I'm wondering, like, I think there will be a little more passing, a little less rushing. Uh, I think Mercedes Lewis is a good, a good blocker and uh, a big part of why they'll be using him. Have he'll be having him on the field a lot. But in terms of pass catching, I think uh, I think Sternberger is the is the guy there. So yeah, I think I think he's definitely an interesting name and one I'll be kind of monitoring over the next month or two um, as we head to redraft season because I think he could be a guy that take a shot on and and be ready to pivot because like you said, uh, if we don't get Kettle Kittle or Kelsey, um, you know, wait until the end and take whoever's left and he's if he's the guy for me, I'm happy to take shots and uh, see what see what pans out. Uh, all right, Brian, this is good. Good to get back. Good to talk. Obviously, uh, if you are interested in NASCAR, make sure you're checking out our show uh, with our best bets every single race. Uh, if there's two in a week, we'll do two shows. Uh, we try and hit them. We try and do quick. Uh, had a nice week last week uh, with the Wednesday race. Hit Mar at Martin Truex, at Ryan Blaney. They finished one, too. So uh, if you're interested in NASCAR, come check that out. Uh, we will try and do more sports betting content as stuff starts to open and you know pga is back nascar is going the nba is re potentially returning uh hockey is all around the corner um you know it's and who all... the hell knows what baseball is doing yeah i mean baseball <laughs> baseball is doing so uh but yeah so we'll we'll be here we'll be talking like i said we will have matt Harmon uh from yahoo joining us uh in two weeks we'll actually do a live stream again um so not next wednesday but the one after that i believe the 24th uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. We will be live on YouTube, so come hang out, come watch. Um, I'll I'll promote it a bunch between now and then, and 
but yeah, if you're if you're not already doing so, make sure you subscribe to the channel uh, so you don't miss out on our live streams. You don't miss out on our new content. Uh, please thumbs up if you're watch, still watching this video. It really does a lot to help us. If you have questions, if you have players who want us to talk about, if you have anything, uh, leave leave comments. Uh, follow us on Twitter at GreasyRules14, at NotoriousKRO, uh, at FPAOP for the show. Hit us up. Let us know where we're, we're going to be here all offseason and hopefully help take you to a fantasy championship. But for Greasy Rules, for Brian Twining, I'm Kyle Robert, and we'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs>